I invite you to go with me to the book of Acts. We're going to go to chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. If you want to turn there in your own Bibles, you can. If you'd like to read along on the screen, you're welcome to. As we prepare to hear from the words, the Lord's word together. And one of the things I love to do is just close my eyes and let it wash over me. Listen to these words. So hear now the word of the Lord. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. We're beginning a new series this morning, and as we do, I want to start a new kind of trend, a little tradition here. Whenever you fill out the attendance pads, I want us to be very deliberate, okay? This is not new, actually. I didn't come up with this. We've probably done it before, but I just want all of us to be intentional. So in the aisles here, we all have attendance pads, and what I would like for you to do is I want you to fill it out. Oh, there's a pencil. Fill it out, if you don't mind, and at least put your name on there. And if you want to give us more information, that's great. If you're not ready to, that's fine too. But let it go all the way down the aisle, put your name, and then let it go back. And as it goes back, intentionally look at it and see if you didn't know the name of somebody sitting on your aisle so that you can introduce yourself to them or so that you can know them because you are part of this family together. And so every week, I want to say this for a couple weeks, but I hope that we will actually take a time to not just write down that we're here, but to see who else is here and thank God for that. So will you do that with me? Can we start doing that together? If so, I would greatly appreciate it. And as we begin our new series, we're calling it The Difference We Make. The Difference We Make. Over the next four weeks, we're gonna take time to stop and celebrate all that God is doing in the life of this church and is doing through the life of this church, as well as all that God is doing in your own lives and through your lives. Often we think about Christianity as what God is doing for us but we also need to think about what God is doing through us. And us as a church, we're not just here so that we can be served, but so that we can serve others. And we're gonna talk about that over the next four weeks. What does it look like for us to be a church that serves others and that God is working in and through? We'll also be thinking about ways in which we can challenge ourselves as a church. And maybe the, the dangerous things God's calling us to do, like stepping out in faith in uncomfortable situations, the things that God is bringing into our midst and leading us into so the next four weeks will be celebration and challenge as we think about the difference we all make. This morning, though, I would like to reflect on this Acts passage together and preach from the subject, everyone was filled with awe. Everyone was filled with awe. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And all God's people said, amen. amen. This past week, I spent um, five days in Kansas City, and I was there for a leadership institute, which was put on at Church of the Resurrection. And if you've ever done one or a thousand Adam Hamilton studies in your Sunday school class, that's his church, Church of the Resurrection. I think he's great. I think he puts out a lot of great work. And I'm so glad that we are able to celebrate 
you know, his, his ministry and vision that he's brought to us. But somebody told me the other day in their Sunday school, I think we just did like six Adam Hamilton studies in a row. We should probably check somebody else out. Well, the church was great. The conference was great. But what I was so um, encouraged by was spending time with fellow clergy, but also 60% of the people there were not clergy. There's 2,000 people at this conference, and they were either lay people who were just plugged in at their church. So I'm thinking about hopefully taking some of you next year or it was staff people who were involved in the different areas of the church because they had the general sessions where we would all get together like most conferences where somebody would come up and speak in front of all 2,000 people. But then there were all these breakout sessions that were very specific about certain areas of ministry. And would you believe that there are four different breakout times and there were 20 offerings at least at each and only a couple of them were repeated. Which means there were over 100 different breakout session offerings to talk about different areas of ministry over a hundred different areas of ministry. When we think about church, we think about all the ways in which um, we are called to be the body of Christ. And these sessions were things like youth in crisis, church governance, respite ministry for people who are caregivers, kind of like our Joy for Johnny program. There were sessions about how the church can use space for community engagement, sessions about the dynamics of worship, about Bible studies, about how to reach out to vulnerable people, even sessions about food services in the church. Everything that you can imagine that could be done had a session about it. And I was like a kid in a candy store because I love learning. I love, like, I'm still in school. I'm working on my doctoral program right now. I, I just really like reading and learning. And so I was like a kid in a candy store when I saw this like, list of all the things I could choose to go to. But when I got there and just saw the wide variety of different ministries, I thought, wow, our churches are called to do a lot of things. And I think often those things go unnoticed and unappreciated, which is why this morning we brought through this ministry parade to thank God for all the different ways in which Dauphin Way is being the church. And I'm thankful that I'm not called to all 100 ministries as clergy people, we help oversee and we lead and we're called to certain things, but I did not go to the session about church governance because some of you might know my organizational skills are subpar would be a nice way of putting it. I'm learning to grow into that thanks to Robbins. He's teaching me these, these things, but I'm just grateful that of all the things going on in our church, that we as individuals are called, called to use the gifts God's given us to serve in those areas. Wasn't that cool to see all the signs with multiple ministries? Tons and tons of things in which we as a church get to celebrate about who we are as a body of believers. I use those words intentionally to think about that we're called to do and we're called to be because I think often we have misconceived notions about the church. Maybe not us in this room and maybe not all Christians. I just, I think sometimes when we say the word church, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, building or you know, getting my Jesus fix for the week. Have you ever thought about, well, I need to go to church because you know, I'm just, in a, you know, I, I just need to go because it's my obligation on Sunday morning. When we say the word church, we think of just, just this experience here. And this is a great part of what we do. To me, it's a central part of what we do. Yet church is so much more than that, is it not? What I find incredible and, and kind of ironic is that in our country right now, the desire to do good and to serve others is increasing like rapidly. Like everybody wants to get out and serve their community. It's rare that I meet somebody that says, no, I don't wanna do good. I don't wanna help others. 
We might not actually do the things we want to do, but I've never met somebody that just flat out says, nope, I don't wanna help. I don't want others to have a good life. Yet on the same time as that is increasing, church attendance and involvement in Christianity as a whole is decreasing equally as rapidly. And I don't really understand how these two things can exist at the same time. Because when we look back at our Acts passage in just a moment, as a church, we are called to be that, right? To do good, to serve others, to to be in fellowship, to show love. And we're gonna talk about what that looks like for us. But how is it that as involvement in society to do good increases, that the church as a whole, Christianity, the message of Jesus, is constantly decreasing? It just kind of blows me away. It blows me away that that we are continuing to be seen not for the good that we do, but that people have to seek that elsewhere. It seems that Abigail Van Buren's hopes that we might be... uh, not a museum for the saints, but a hospital for the sinners, is not being known to the people who need the hospital. Not just we as Dauphin Way, but we as Christians around the world. So as we look back at our passage from Acts, we are witnessing the birth of the church. Literally, this is where it all began. Acts 2 is a very popular passage in churches. You've probably read it before, you've heard it before. If not, this is right after what we're reading, what we just read, happened right after Jesus has died, And then there's a group, these Jesus followers, these people who believed in this Jewish rabbi, they said, you know what? He actually, he died, but he came back. And then he hung out with us for a little bit. And then he ascended into heaven. And so then in this chapter in Acts, they're getting together and say, now what? What do we do now that we've committed our lives to following Jesus and he's given us these instructions? How do we live our lives like Jesus? And right before this passage, something really crazy happened. They're all gathering together. And it says, tongues of fire came down from heaven and sat on their heads and none of them were burned up. And then the Holy Spirit was now a part of this gathering, of this group and present in the world. And so these people have just had this crazy experience and then people are speaking in different languages they didn't know before because God wants the message to be spread all over the world and all these incredible things are happening. And then the book of Acts tells us what happens right after this church has been born. However, what happened right after this group who believed a man was raised from the dead, how they decided to live their lives. After the initial gathering, it says, that the book of Acts tells us that when the people gathered together, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. That's the first thing. The apostles are the leaders of the group, the people who hung out with Jesus, who could say, this is what Jesus said, this is what Jesus taught, this is how we're supposed to live. It says they spent time in fellowship. They did life together in community. They enjoyed being in one another's company. It says they broke bread and they prayed together. They shared meals together. They shared the communion, the Eucharist together. It says they prayed with and for each other. And because they were faithful in doing these things, the Bible tells us that everyone who was part of this group, not just some of the people, not just the crazy charismatics who dance and speak in tongues, not just the intellectuals who like to pontificate about deep truths about life, not just the activists who are working on the side of the marginalized, but all people in this group were filled with awe at the many wonders and signs they witnessed. God was so evident in their midst that they could not believe all the goodness that was going on. These people experienced God in such incredible ways that it was obvious to even the outsiders they were so sold out to this group. Get this, this part's crazy, all right? It says, they, the group loved each other so much, they loved God so much, that they were, it says that they had everything in common. 
Which doesn't mean necessarily that they're all the exact same or that there's no diversity in the group or that everyone always had the same opinion. What that means is there's no rank or status among them. Can you imagine that? Joining a group where you're not thought of as less than somebody because of your socioeconomic status. Where you're part of this group where there is no worth based on what you own or what you wear. You can wear your your denim shirt with your denim jeans or you can wear your bow tie and we can all be the same with one another. Have all things in common means that there is so much love in that group that all people are welcome and that nobody is better than anyone else. Something else it says, pretty crazy, hard to believe. This is earlier, this is in the Bible, y'all. So whenever people tell me that I'm crazy, I'm saying, I am, but I believe the Bible, all right? The crazy, the people believe so much in this group. The text says they sold their property and their possessions so that they could give to those in need. Not just that they gave what they already had or their leftovers, that they believed so much in caring for one another that when there was somebody in need who was their neighbor, and Jesus said, your neighbor is all people, that when they came encounter with somebody in need, that they actually sold things that they already owned so that they could help somebody else. Isn't that nuts? These people, they said, if there is a need, we're gonna meet it. If there's suffering, when part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. We are gonna be together as a family because that is what Jesus has called us to do and who God is calling us to be. And every day, they continue, it says every day they continue to meet together. That's my dream right there. If we have a vision for like what the church is, like every day let's all hang out. I'm really extroverted. So like if y'all wanna come to my office or if y'all wanna meet at the coffee shop, I'll hang out every day. This is a part of the Bible I hope comes true again right now. Every day they hung out together, met together, They met together in the religious places and in their homes. They continued eating together, sharing meals, breaking bread, a time of praying to God and thanking God, enjoying the favor of all people. And this is the best part about it, the ending part right here. And when the people saw this, when others saw this about the new community, about all these things going on, when people realized how amazing it was, when people saw how much love they had for each other, when people saw how happy they were, when people saw that they just had something different about them, when people experienced God's presence in their midst, the Bible says that daily, the number that was being saved increased. The number of people that joined the church, the number of people that joined this movement increased every single day because it was infectious, Being a Christian was contagious. People saw this group and they're like, that looks amazing. I wanna be part of that. I'll have what she's having. I I wanna be in this group because obviously there's something different going on there. Obviously there's something amazing. During my past week in Kansas City, I enjoy getting to spend a lot of time my sister was there. She's a pastor in our conference, and um, she and I flew up together, but we were with different groups because she's in a different area of ministry. But at nighttime, we got to reflect on things together, and I was there with some other clergy friends from our conference. And um, what they did during these breakout sessions, they would put us together, and we just kind of share um, best practices, some things that our churches are doing that we can celebrate and maybe say, like, hey, here's an idea that you might need or, or you might like to hear, and I received plenty of, from so many, so many others as well. But there was, a, there was a time when we were going around talking about our churches and I was kind of caught off guard at the kind of, the percentage of people, percentage of pastors and lay people who were like really lamentful about the state of their church. They would say things like, um, our people don't want to change 
or they're just so inward focused. It's, it's really cliquish. They're, they're, there's, no one can really find their way in. They only do one mission project a year. They don't want to have new people. It's amazing to me that there's churches that, that don't want to grow. And like I said, this wasn't everyone. This was by and large not like the majority of people. Um, my friends, David and Jay, uh, my friends, sorry, Jay and Levi, who are in my um, studies with me, they serve two different churches in our conference. And one of them, Jay at his church, youth are like flooding in to be baptized and to join the church and they don't even have a youth pastor. And I'm just like, whoa, that's just Holy Spirit movement is incredible. And over at Perdido Bay where Levi is, um, they have this ministry that is just reaching out to, to um, snowbirds who don't have a church home for like half the year and bringing people into the church. And so there's so much good going on in our churches. I guess I was just called off by the amount of of kind of collective lament. And I don't know if this was like truly who the churches were, if this was just the pastor's perspective. And I promise, I don't mean to sound cliche with what I'm gonna sound next, say next. I don't, I don't this is not disingenuous. I think the reason why I was a little surprised um, was because Brianna and I consider ourselves so blessed to be a part of a church that does so much. That there is so much good being done at Dauphin Way that like every day I'm reminded that like, oh my goodness, we're helping this group. Oh my goodness, Dauphin Way is doing this. This is incredible that the Dauphin Way is doing this. As that ministry parade came through this morning and as we were planning this, you know what I was like filled with? Other than like panic that a kid might accidentally hit somebody, one of you with a sign. I really thought that was gonna happen. I'm glad. If you got hit, if you're on an aisle, I apologize. I was really filled with awe and wonder. The scripture says that they were filled with awe and wonder. That's, that's what I feel when I look at Dauphin Way. That's what I feel when I see this ministry parade. When I think about all that Dauphin Way is doing, I'm just filled, with, there, there's a, no shadow of a doubt that God is here with us because there's so much good being done in and through this church. God is in this place. God is at work with our, us as a people. God is doing things through our church. I feel all every month when I get together in my small group. And we spend four hours, like adult men spend four hours once a month to talk about what's going on in their life to engage in their faith. And I'm never on more of just like a spiritual high than like right after that, that group where I'm just like, man, this is so good. Brianna says the same about her group. I'm overcome with awe whenever I think about the families on Monday and Tuesday mornings that come to our Society St. Stephen's and have power that month and have food because of the generosity of you all giving so that people can receive what they need, so that their needs can be met. There's a sense of wonder I feel when I think about and when I saw all of our adults and youth serving with Raise the Roof this summer, helping people have roofs over their heads. Can you imagine, like, do, I don't know if many of us in this room can understand that basic need. I, I've never not had a roof over my head. I've never had water coming in on my bed. I've never had my house leak every time it rains. And the fact that you all, we as a church, are serving and trying to meet those needs when I wrap myself in my prayer shawl, which I don't do enough, that I receive from the ministry that meets here every Wednesday, that says, we are praying for you. We've given out thousands of prayer shawls, people in the hospital, people overseas, people who've gone through tragedy, people who have, have had children, people who have just moved to our community. They are making these prayer shawls and saying, we as a church are praying for you. And every time I wrap myself in that thing, I just feel the love of this church. I feel the presence of God with me because I know that you all love me and I love you and together we just know that God is here because of that. Every time I leave a Bible study and I've learned something, every time I see our Meals on Wheels people go out with a sack full of lunches, every time a new person walks through that door, 
and I see one of you greet them, welcome them, invite them to join our family, which I hope all of you do every time you see somebody new. Say, welcome to our family. We want you to be a part because we just believe God is here. And we love you and we love the Lord and we love each other and so we hope that you feel welcome. Every time I see that happen, I'm just filled with awe and covered with a sense of wonder because God is at work in our church. Friends, as a church, we are not defined as a building. Also, when we say the word church, the first thing that comes up is building. Dauphin Way is not just a building, it's a family. It's a family that says we love the Lord together. And Dauphin Way is not a building, it's also a movement. It's a forward-moving body of believers that says, how can we make disciples that make a difference? My friend John Ed Matheson the other day said that um, the early church considered itself a movement. The early Methodists considered themselves a movement. Nowadays, many churches like to say they're part of the Christian movement, but they don't like to move. I can say this is not a church like that. Over the past 14 months, I've experienced movement of the Holy Spirit in and through our ministries. Movement of God in ways that is just tangible and evident. And I kind of feel like this goes without saying, but as we talk about over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about like giving and what those things go to. That's what we're showing our ministries. Like every time you give to the church, you are making somebody's life come encounter with the Holy Spirit. All these ministries we do, it's not just so that you have something else on your schedule. Sometimes it might feel like it if we say yes to too many things. We're gonna talk about that as well. This is not just so that you can have a calendar full of church things to feel good about yourself or ourselves or us as a church. It's because we believe in God. We believe that God is at work and that God is using these ministries to make a difference in people's lives and in our community. And as I reflect on this Acts 2 passage, I'm gonna be honest, friends. I look at our church and I don't think we have anything to worry about. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, three weeks ago we did a sermon about kind of the current realities, the finances of the church. And somebody asked me where that came from and why we didn't. And so that's why we're getting these packets today and we're gonna talk through those over the next couple of weeks. But the reason why we did that sermon three weeks ago is because we felt like we need to be transparent. And if you haven't heard it, it's on the podcast. You can go check it out. We believe that we needed to say, like, this is where we are. But we're not gonna let that distract us from who God's calling us to be. Amen. We're gonna recognize the truth and importance of it. We're gonna live into that and we're gonna face it and own it. But we, we know that God is at work and that God is doing great things. And hear me say, it's being recorded, so this is you know, for everybody to ever hear. Hear me say this before you all know. I believe in us as a church. And I'm not worried one bit. Somebody asked me if I was worried and I just thought I should tell everybody up front. Our church is too good because God is present here. God is doing so much good work through this church that I don't have time to be worried because I believe in the things that God is doing. And I know that we're gonna live into those fully, that God is calling us to a glorious future as a church to be able to say, we want everyone to know the love of Jesus Christ in Mobile, Alabama. We want everyone to know the love of Christ whenever we go to Orlando on a mission trip, when we go to Honduras on a mission trip, when we go to our workplaces, we want people to know the love of Christ and we experience that here in this place. And so there's so much good going on here that I believe as we go through the stewardship series, as we go through this idea of how we make a difference, that we're not gonna be worried about the future. We're gonna be too caught up dreaming about the future. All the possibilities that God has for us. 
There's no time for scarcity when you can't help but live in the abundance of God. And that's what I believe about our church, truly. I know sometimes we say things as preachers, it's like, I wonder if he really believes that, if he's just saying that. No, I just believe this stuff because I believe this is who God has called us to be and how God is calling us to live. So friends, may we be a church that doesn't just go to a ministry or see a ministry and think that's nice. Let us look for the awe and the sense of wonder of God at work in this place. Do you know how big of a deal that is? Like we go to civic groups all the time, we go to other things all the time, and we know the Holy Spirit is present with us in all places, but like we know for sure that when we come here, like the creator of all things, like God, the God is here with us in this place now and always, and that Christ is calling us to be a part of making a difference in all the world. So I pray, I truly pray, that we together will look for the ways in which God is calling us to be the church now and into the future. How we can show the love of Christ to all people in all places at all times. And how we ourselves are so full of the Holy Spirit, so wrapped up in the presence of God's love in this place, that when people see us, they say, I wanna be a part of that. That looks amazing. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for the ministries of this church. We thank you that you have given an an abundance of opportunities to serve. We thank you that you are reaching out to so many people through our hands and feet, through our action. God, we ask that you continue showing us the ways that you are calling us to live, showing us the ways as a church you are calling us to be. We know that you are moving in and amongst us Help us not take it for granted, but to give thanks for it now and always. Lord, often we do miss it. We sometimes fail to be an obedient church. We fail to do your will. So forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience to you, Jesus Christ, our Lord, now and always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All God's people said? Wait, does that mean y'all are asleep? All God's people said?